Welcome to the Hot Content Marketing Podcast, here to provide you with tips, tricks, inspiration, and advice on how to market your business online. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner, this is the place for you, as I chat to each of our expert guests about what's working right now. Hi Gudrun, welcome to the podcast. Hi Natalie, thank you very much for having me, I'm excited to be here. Brilliant, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. Um, unexpectedly warm up in the northeast of England, so uh, yeah, a bit hotter than I was expecting, the windows are open, and what's it like over where you are? A little bit muggy actually, I mean lovely and warm, but yeah, you know that sort of close. Uh, yeah, but nice, yeah. sticky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still better than winter and rain, though, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's great to have you on. Um, would you just start by telling us a little bit about you and what you do, your your interests, and who you help? Mm -hmm. So I have been a published writer for twenty one years. Oh. I had my first piece of work published in um, Teenage Review magazine that was run by Waterstones. Um, and I always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a war correspondent, but my mum wouldn't let me because oh, I got blown up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm quite clumsy at the best of times, so in a war zone, probably not advisable. Um, so I studied journalism. I worked for um, the Crack magazine. I worked for some music websites. I did a lot of reviewing. Um, and I always kept my hand in throughout um, being an employee. And then... About five or six years ago, I thought about becoming self-employed and I had a couple of false starts. And then three years ago, I decided to focus entirely on my writing. And what I do now is I work with um, some IT consultants, some uh, financial experts, and then people in marketing and comms, so PR and, and marketing and digital communication, things like that. Um, and I help them with their content because they, um, because they're so busy, they don't have time to do it themselves. So I might write original content to put blogs together, um, white papers, if that's, um, if that's going to be helpful to their, their audience. Um, I do a lot of podcast show notes. I write eBooks. I help people turn, um, webinars and online courses into eBooks. And I've also written um, a couple of big marketing books for a well-known marketing company in the Northeast. Oh, okay. um, so, uh, so yeah, it's all really varied, which is really nice. So I get to learn lots of things. And because I'm a journalist at heart and I'm very nosy, it gives mm -hmm. me an opportunity to have a, what we say up here, a neb about and find out mm -hmm. more about people. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, lots of variety, lots of writing, lots of helping people to um reach a wider audience and show, showcase their, their skills and their knowledge and expertise brilliant and I, I think what's great is that even in this kind of digital age words are in fact more important than ever aren't they um yeah and I know for you a big focus is still on the quality of quality of writing so and, and yeah. that's still as important as it ever was um and I guess that's a big part of what you help people with really yeah, it is. And, you know, you, you do see um, you do see arguments that, you know, one, nobody wants to read anymore, um, which isn't true. There's also a notion that, that people aren't um, 
aren't as bothered or as careful about you know their their writing their grammar their punctuation things like that and there's also this idea that because everybody's used to reading online um people have short attention spans and and don't want to read long long streams of information but the truth is is actually people will read it if it's long it's just got to be interesting to them um and one of my favorite favorite facts comes from um the father of copywriting and advertising david ogilvy who said and found in the 1940s that long form copy far outperformed short form copy and that's 70 years ago and even now that's actually true when you when you run your ab split testing long copy is always going to be popular so long as it's interesting and valuable and ideally entertaining as well wow that's really interesting because one of the questions that i guess get asked most often definitely the top question is how long should my blog post be um, yeah so that's a really interesting one isn't it it is and it's you know how long is a piece of string um you know if you're using yoast on your your website you want to turn all the little green lights on and we know that it likes a minimum of 300 words mm. cornerstone content now for yoast is a minimum of 900 words um and i think i think the best thing the advice i always give to people who are who are starting to blog is is to draft out what you want to say in your blog post mm. um, and allocate so many words per per section so three key points your intro and your conclusion um, and that'll give you 300 words minimum but you'll find that if you know what you're talking about you'll you'll quite easily go over go over 300 words mm. just so long as you're not waffling um, or repeating yourself I think six or nine hundred words it is quite achievable you know you just list the three three or four key points to talk about and you'll be surprised by by how quickly that actually flows mm. what advice would you give people because a lot of people out there who's, who lack confidence hugely with writing and they know that they need to be producing blog posts and all the rest of it but obviously you know we're championing this quality content and quality english you know language and grammar what would you say to people who struggle with that and have a lack of confidence about it I think there's a couple of things. Um, first of all, is is that people's people's perception of language is a lot a lot more relaxed. So, you know, you can't start sentences with with button because now, which we were always told at school you shouldn't. Um, so it's and when you're writing for your your audience, and of course it's all this thing about your your personal brand these days. Try and write the way the way you would want to read. So. You don't have to write a formal a formal piece. It's not an essay for school. Write naturally. Um, be conversational if that's appropriate to your audience. Um, and then secondly, you know, once you've written it, um, if you're not certain about about your grammar, about your spelling or your punctuation, ask somebody who is. Mm. You know, it's it's not your responsibility to be perfect at everything. Mm. You know, you're writing a blog about your business because that's your specialist subject area. There's lots of people's businesses I don't know anything about, but grammar and punctuation and, and writing is what I'm good at. Mm. So find find somebody you trust who you can say, you know, you're you were always good at English at school, your spelling's better than mine. Would you mind just just whizzing through that? And you'll you can use the spell check on on Word will will help, but I would say don't rely on it because it doesn't do context and it quite often gets things wrong. But it's certainly a good starting off point. Mm. Um, to use to use word or, or pages or even an online tool like Grammarly um, but ask for help as well if you're not certain um, 
And ideally, if you've got a, a, a kind, supportive audience, people will, will let you know if you've made a mistake. I've spotted mistakes on people's blogs and sent them a private message and people have done the same for me because we're yeah. only human and mistakes happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't want to lose my train of thought because I've got a really key question, but I do just want to say for listeners and for you as well, I'm really sorry about if there's any background noise. My children, it's half term here. My children are upstairs and to me, it sounds like a herd of elephants. So I'm surprised <laughs> if it's coming through on the podcast audio, I can only apologize, but you know me, I'm all, all about keeping it real and you know, <laughs> total transparency. <laughs> That's um, all right. I can hear pigeons. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was just, re- I picked up on something that you said, which is really interesting actually coincidentally this morning I've just been writing a blog post about personal branding websites mm-hmm. and um, I got thinking about how people should write copy for their the website which is essentially putting them at the forefront of it it's all about them as people mm-hmm. personality um, and I found myself writing um, you know try and write as if you as you would talk um, mm-hmm. but then when you kind of look on the internet there's a whole debate out there about that um, just mm-hmm. where you stood on it, really. I think we, nobody talks the way they, they, they write, or at least you shouldn't, because um, anybody listening to, to a podcast will notice that, for one thing, nobody speaks in full sentences, or not very often. We tend to go off on a tangent. So I think it's really important to be aware of that. You know, I, I'm all for natural speech, but, you know, you don't want to end up writing like Hemingway and, you know, mm-hmm. it's all just being stream of consciousness and, you know, so you need to be careful and conscious of that but you need to, you do need to express express yourself and your personality um and I, I think you know as personal branding is more and more important and standing out in a sea of same similar competition if that's if that's something that you do I don't see a problem with it um you know I think I think a chatty tone of voice is going to appeal to the majority of people um particularly if, you're, if your audience is B2C rather than B2B. But even so, you'll know yourself when you're in a business situation. Most people aren't that formal. Hardly anybody wears a suit anymore. Um, you know, I think, I think so long as you're, you're careful about what you're saying, don't swear unless it's appropriate to your audience. Um, don't use jargon or slang that applies to your industry because that's going to isolate people. But otherwise, yeah, write, write more or less how you how you talk but edit it afterwards so that you know it's proper sentences it's punctuated um and and again just don't worry about it too much you know nobody's nobody's perfect and everything's fixable you know if you write a blog and it's not quite right you can edit it yeah definitely i think that's the key isn't it it's just having a go and it's just just yeah rather than being so frightened of it that you never end up doing it and yeah. um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I know that another um, another thing that you're focusing on at the moment is writing show notes for podcasts. Yeah. So, like, you know, my show notes are really brief, but I know, um, and I would like to get more detail with mine. A lot of people, they're more of a transcript, aren't they? So um, just to yeah. put your brains a little bit more about that, the importance of having show notes, really. Yeah, well, I think we have to be honest and say that um, not everybody listens to podcasts, not everybody watches videos. I tend to listen to podcasts when I'm cooking because I can I can concentrate on the podcast rather than the cooking. So I don't listen to podcasts when I'm exercising because I tend to fall over. Um, so I think it's it's important to think about you know not everybody not everybody's listening, and also it's not 
not always easy for people to listen. Um, and so if you can have show notes that are a good summary of the information you're providing, one, those people who prefer to read can read, and then also those people who would like to listen but can't do it at the moment because they're at work or they're commuting. If you've got good show notes, it's going to appeal to them and they'll, they'll come back to you later on. And then hopefully they'll, um, they'll subscribe to your podcast, they'll become fans, and maybe even clients. So I think, I think having some sort of show notes um, is really useful, particularly if you're talking to, so rather than just a solo show, if you're interviewing somebody, or if you're talking about lots of, of useful uh, resources elsewhere on the web, your show notes, apart from anything else, are just a little hub to to keep all of those links together. So, you know, if you're sitting on the on the on the bus or the tube and you hear something, and you think, "Oh, that sounds really great," but I didn't catch the full web address. It's not lost forever, or you don't have to keep rewinding back to find it. You just go to the show notes, and there it is. Um, another thing, of course, is that show notes are really valuable for your SEO. Um, so, you know, you've got a better chance of, of ranking because. As far as I'm aware, um, Google bots aren't can't scan the the, um, the spoken word, but they can scan what you write. So if you've got show notes to back up your podcast, um, Google's going to like that and rank you higher, mm. and and hopefully you know that will bring people in who who don't know who you are um, and haven't found you through iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. They might just find you through a Google search and find your show notes. Yeah. So so there's lots of reasons why why you should have show notes um and going back to what we we're saying about you know being careful and professional with your writing it, the same applies to your show notes because you want to give somebody um a good first impression you know it's it's, it's no point there's no point in saying you know i'm i'm the world's greatest shoe salesman if if your your web copy and your your podcast show notes about shoes don't match up to to the reputation and the image that you're trying to put across so so yeah i think um i think getting your show notes right having them proofed and edited exactly the same way as you do with your blogs is is vital to to encourage people to come and visit your website because ultimately you want to drive them home to your website rather than having them wander around the web looking for your competition this is it and i love um like I'm really sort of um I want to do more of it but this whole repurposing theme and that's kind of what you're doing really isn't it as well it's, mm -hmm. it's helping people um get more out of the um the type of content they produce so if they spend their time focusing on the audio you're helping them get the, the benefit of having the written content as well that's it and once um once you've got your your show notes written in whatever format whether it's a full transcript or a a summary or even just a list of links it's much easier then to go through it and to find things to repurpose so one of the obvious things is click to tweet so you know you pull out a juicy fact or a nice quote from your your podcast guests so that's you know you can get three or four um quotes a click to tweets and they're straight onto twitter you can also um pull out the same kind of quotes to put on instagram uh, or on or on Twitter or on Facebook or whichever platform your audience is, um, and it's a much easier way than than trying to one listen to your podcast yourself and identify things if you've got it written down. It's easier, and also it's quicker than trying to come up with something else. You know, you've already got the the valuable content there in your podcast. Why not just just pull it straight out of the the written version and and put it onto a 
you know a nice graphic from Canva and your brand colors or share it on on LinkedIn even as a as an update with a here's an interesting fact I found out it's a it's an easy it's an easy way to do it you know it's a no-brainer it saves you lots of time mm. and you know it's useful exactly and I think oh because we had Amy Wood um, on a while ago talking about specifically content repurposing and anytime yeah. I think about it, it makes me realize how much more potential there is we're all so focused on what's the next thing I can write about what's the next thing I can um podcast about or talk to somebody about and actually it's about taking that step back isn't it slowing down and going hang on yeah or, you know, yeah, um, but yeah. You, you do need to take a step back don't you or work with somebody like you who's got that view who can say take that from there that from there um yeah definitely. yeah exactly and it's it's not easy so I mean I know um a productivity coach and what she does is she recommends you just have a system every time so mm. you know just get into the habit of if you say your 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 medium is podcasting you know make sure you've got a transcript or show notes um so you've you know you share the, the podcast on a, on a monday and the transcript goes along with it mm. and then you've already identified say four or five key key points from it you know put them onto social media so if you did them on Twitter and Facebook, obviously at different times, you know, you've got eight there already. If you then put them onto graphics on Instagram, that's another four. And it's just a question of just coming up with a, a little system and making it as easy as possible for yourself so that every time you produce a new piece of content, you you know in your mind the different ways to repurpose it. And, and you know, then you just, it's just a case of taking the boxes and just try and think of it as part of the podcast process rather than oh my god now i've got to sit down and repurpose my content just have it as, as part of the process you know you've got to you've already had to source your your guests you've had to send them the questions you've had to do the interview you've had to edit it you've got to upload it just add the repurposing on as as the end of the process and and you'll feel one much better about it because it's done and it'll be too just much much quicker and you're not going to feel quite as bad about it yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about anybody else, but I am inspired. <laughs> Good. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. nice to hear. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much, Gudrun. It's been really nice to chat to you, as always. And Thank you for having me. everybody know how they can um, connect with you on social media? Yep. Um, I'm mostly on Twitter, at Gudrun Lorette, um, which is capital G, capital L. Um, and I'm sure you'll write my name down because I do apologise. It's, it's a fairly unusual name, so um, I'm hard to find. Um, also on Instagram and then my website is just goodrunlorette.com so yeah please spell it out for people because uh, yeah. otherwise they'll never find me. <laughs> While we're talking about your name I'm meant to ask you that because I'm always wondering the origin of your name. Yeah so um, the story goes that when my mum was pregnant um, she saw a film at York University because my parents were living down in York hmm. and one of the characters in the film was called Gudrun and she thought oh I like that name if I have a girl I'll call her that. So I was, and she did. But unfortunately, she has no idea what the film was. Um, so we've had, I've uh, had a little bit of a dig about. Um, but I do know that D.H. Lawrence had a character called Gudrun in Women in Love, although I don't recommend reading it because it's boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've read once, yeah. So, yeah, too, too, too much sadness. Um, 
So this the name is it's um, a Scandinavian name and it comes from the Anglo-Saxon alphabet, the runes. Ah. Um, and good is the, the Scandinavian word for God. So it basically means the secret rune. So it's like a, a symbol that that isn't known. And then my surname, because um, I kept my my maiden name when I got married, is is French. Um, and I was told by a teenage boy when I was on holiday many years ago that it meant little flower. I think that might have been a chat up line um, <laughs> because it, it went it went further after that. Um, but the surname is, is definitely French, um, and you might, it's my step my dad's stepfather's name. Oh, uh, he's French. So so yes, very cosmopolitan. People are always yeah. disappointed to meet me and hear my northern accent. So. Oh. Not at all. Not at all. Well, how great to have such a story behind your name, though. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, lovely to talk to you, Gudrun. And um, yes, I'm sure I will speak to you again soon. But that's been great. Yes. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you very much. For more content marketing advice, head to hotcontent.co.uk. Why not join the Hot Content Marketing Group on Facebook, too? Come and meet other like minded entrepreneurs and share knowledge, ask questions, and gain support in promoting your business online. See you in there.